Let's talk more about the recent weakness that we've been seeing in the markets and where could investors put some money to work in these volatile times? Greg Swenson's with us, founding partner Brig McAdam. Thank you so much for being with us. So are some of the reasons for the declines still there and should people still be worried about moving lower than current levels? Yeah, Nicole, great to be here. And, and and yes, I think that's the case. I think they should be worried. You know, th these issues are not out of the way yet. You know, granted, Friday was a you know a, a lot of news. You know, coming from from Powell about you know, and and he was a lot more hawkish than the market was expecting. But I think that was a good move on Powell's part to you know kind of state that he is going to take care of inflation, or at least try to. So I know that's not what the market wanted. It's not what the market expected. But now you have, you know, the short positions on the S&P are, you know, the highest in two years. And also, more importantly, you've got a 68% likelihood on the CME of a 75 basis point hike. I think that's important. I think it was tough medicine for the market. But I think there's more to come. And I think there's, you know, another leg down here, to say the least. Right. Understood. Understood. And there's obviously um, a time here where we're going to see some volatility. We have concerns about even a recession. If the Fed continues to raise rates as anticipated, there is talk about weak growth, slow growth, recession. Yeah. And, and there should be. I mean, if you look at the indicators, you know, I mean, yes, you had two you know, quarters of contraction. I know it wasn't dramatic contraction, but that would normally be a, you know, a good indicator of a recession. But also, you know, if you look at, at some of the problems in the economy right now, you know, you still have, you know, inflation worries and, and real inflation, negative real wage growth. And so I think, you know, you could be defensive and and try your best to to you know to play the market from a defensive standpoint but i think you have to anticipate that there's going to be a lot more pain you know there there's a significant amount of americans that are behind on their rent or by, on their mortgage 20 million are are um, are behind on their utility bills 13 plus million are behind on their mortgage or their rent payments 40% of those expect to be evicted or foreclosed on that's 5 million people it might not be that bad but just the fact that people are that worried about it and you have consumer confidence at an all-time low yeah. and yeah. business confidence at an all-time low so I, I don't know why the market got so excited about the fed you know back in in his comments in july uh, potentially backing off a bit or even easing in 2023 there's not a lot a lot of reasons to see that inflation is not here for the long term. You know, you had one good month of, you know, somewhat decent numbers, but when you really looked under the hood, they weren't that great. Grocery prices were up in double digits. And I think that, you know, there's more pain to come here. I hate to be so negative, Nicole, but I think there's more pain ahead. I understand, I understand. So it's not just going to turn around on a dime and move higher, particularly, um, when you see a market that's heading into September, we were just talking with uh, Sam Stovall at CFRA, and I was saying how September is notoriously for the for the Dow back to 1896 and the S&P down to 19, the year 1928. September is generally under pressure. 
Um, so it's a tough month to try and say we're going to have a turnaround. That being said, you do see some opportunity. It doesn't mean that you just, you know, run and tuck your head under, right? I mean, you, I see some, you said there are, if you're going to do stocks, try and be in the more defensive sectors. You also have some alternatives. Tell me a little bit about some of the ideas here. Yeah, I mean, look, if you have to be in liquid equities, you know, yes, be defensive, healthcare, utilities, energy, staples. I know that's the kind of formulaic model, but and, and it's hard to buy energy when it's had such a good run here, especially today. But, you know, there is still a lot of upside in energy if you're long already and, and you're holding it, keep holding it. The dividends are great. But but also, I think, you know, given the the challenges globally, not just with inflation in the U.S. and here in the U.K., where I am, where inflation's already in double digits, came in at 10.1 percent last month um, with expectations at 9.8. So, you know, there's still a lot of pain ahead, as I've said. But if, you know, there, there are going to be global food security and energy security challenges. So you could take advantage of that, you know, with Inflate, I mean, inflation protected and, and non-correlated assets, real assets, infrastructure, for example, agriculture, um, any kind of energy infrastructure or food logistics. There are plenty of ways to put your money to work and get inflation plus returns and look for yield as opposed to, you know, trying to, to, to trade the market where, you know, I think there's still challenges ahead in the liquid equity right. markets. Right. And I know you said you don't like European stocks right now. You did just go over some of the um, infrastructure, especially surrounding energy and food. And Blue Owl Capital, quickly, what is it that we need to know about that? Well, well look, that's just, a, it's a way to play infrastructure. It's a way to play, you know, what, what normally would be illiquid markets, uh, you know, or, or private capital, private equity, which are difficult for individual investors. But I think, you know, what's important to highlight here is not, you know, the, trying to take advantage of the pain globally, but there are actual needs, you know, for uh, for moving energy around the world and moving food around the world right now. And I think there, you know, that not only is that an impact investment, but it's an opportunity to, again, protect investors against inflation and against correlation risk, which I think is pretty high right now. So, yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways to do it um, more difficult in the liquid markets. But I would be very cautious on, you know, right now on the S&P. And Nicole, you mentioned the European markets. We are heading into a difficult winter here in Europe. Um, the UK is having a cost of living crisis, they call it, where energy bills, you know, average at 4,000 pounds, whereas the average income is 31,000 pounds. That's difficult. And Germany has dug themselves into a hole with their energy policy. So they are going to run into a not, not just a challenging time for German consumers of energy, but but the the industrial sector in, in Germany is going to really suffer with the with the shortage of energy to, to supply their industries right now. So it's going to be a very difficult time here in Europe. So I wouldn't be long European equities. The, the ECB is way behind the curve in terms of tightening um, behind, surely behind the Bank of England, but definitely behind the Fed. There's a lot more, you know, there, there are challenges ahead for the European market. So I would stick to global infrastructure that, and real assets that can, that again, can take advantage 
of food security and energy security issues like LNG infrastructure, like food security infrastructure, as well as agriculture. Understood, understood. And you painted the picture very clearly. When your energy bill is more than what you make, that's pretty tough. Um, thank you, Greg Swenson. Thank you, Brig McAdam. Appreciate it.